It's Monday, October 3rd, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. President Joe Biden on Monday will survey damage from Hurricane Fiona in Puerto Rico, where tens of thousands of people are still without power two weeks after the storm hit. The Category 1 hurricane knocked out electrical power to the U.S. territory of 3.2 million people, 44% of whom live below the poverty line. Power has been restored to about 90% of the island's 1.47 million customers. More than 137,000 others, however, are still in the dark, while another 66,000 customers are without water. Mr. Biden has pledged that the U.S. government will not abandon Puerto Rico as it starts to rebuild again, five years after the more powerful Hurricane Maria devastated the island in 2017. During his visit, Biden planned to announce the administration will provide $60 million through last year's bipartisan infrastructure law to help Puerto Rico shore up levees, strengthen flood walls, and create a new flood warning system so the island will be better prepared for future storms. Meanwhile, With the death toll from Hurricane Ian rising and hundreds of thousands of people without power in Florida and the Carolinas, U.S. officials vowed Sunday to unleash a massive amount of federal disaster aid as crews scrambled to rescue people stranded by the storm. At least 68 people have been confirmed dead, days after Ian tore through central Florida carving a deadly path of destruction into the Carolinas, Water levels continued rising in some flooded areas, inundating homes and streets that were passable just a day or two earlier. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in Arcadia on Sunday afternoon, about 30 miles inland from where Ian made landfall. The rural area didn't get the storm surge experienced by coastal communities, but standing water from floods remained four days after the storm. DeSantis said the state will start building a temporary structure this week to restore vehicle access to Pine Island, the largest of southwestern Florida's barrier islands devastated by the storm. Around the world, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the eastern city of Lyman had been cleared of Russian forces and that Ukrainian flags were flying again, scoring a symbolic military and political victory against Moscow on the very territory President Vladimir Putin said last week Russia would annex. Russia's defense ministry said it was withdrawing troops from the city following days of advances by Ukrainian forces to surround them, but Moscow kept several thousand troops there, most likely encircled until fighting ended. Kyiv's victories since the start of September have shifted the battlefield momentum in favor of Ukraine for the first time since the start of Russia's invasion earlier this year, and since Moscow-controlled separatists picked up arms in 2014 to create pro-Moscow statelets in eastern Ukraine. Ukrainian advances have unsettled Russian lines of defense in eastern Ukraine. Kyiv's forces have been chipping away at Russian positions for several weeks there, as well as in the country's south where Ukraine is slowly taking back land with the aim of driving the Russians out of the strategically important city of Kherson on the Dnipro River. Back in the U.S., the Supreme Court opens its new term today with a new member, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and a docket that could reshape features of American society, ranging from college admissions to political redistricting. Monday's first case... Sackett v. Environmental Protection Agency commences with justices hearing arguments on whether to curb the federal government's power to fight water pollution following last term's decision limiting the agency's authority to combat greenhouse gas emissions. On October 31st, the court will hear arguments challenging precedents that permit colleges to consider race in university admissions decisions 
in order to promote student diversity, a practice that the court first approved in 1978. And Walgreens is turning to robots to ease workloads at drugstores as it grapples with a nationwide shortage of pharmacists and technicians. The nation's second-largest pharmacy chain is setting up a network of automated, centralized, drug-filling centers that could fill a city block. Rows of yellow robotic arms bend and rotate as they sort and bottle multicolored pills, sending them down conveyor belts. The company says the setup cuts pharmacist workloads by at least 25% and will save Walgreens more than $1 billion a year. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.